Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Dr. Nikki. Welcome to the Healthy and Wealthy Podcast. Your go-to source for living a life of health and wealth. Welcome, welcome. So in the spirit of February, love month, we want to talk about an important piece to wellness that what we think is very important, and that is relationships. But before we dig into relationships, I do want to cover and go back to the triangle of wellness, which is something that we talked about in our previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it is okay. We are going to cover what the triangle of wellness is, but we do highly recommend you go back to our our past episode and check it out. So Nikki, if you want to go over what the triangle of wellness is and absolutely. So the triangle wellness is ultimately our three biggest desires in life. These are pretty standard and common amongst all people around the world. So there's really three things that we desire and crave in life. The first is aliveness, so that is excitement, passion. You feel like there's there's a little bit of oomph and, and joy to your day. The next is connection, and that's that deep human connection, and it could be to either yourself, to your partner, your friends, family, or a higher power. And the last one is meaningful pursuits, and that's really feeling like you're pursuing something important, that you have this deeper purpose in life. And ultimately, when all of these are pursued and you feel like you have these desires, then you ultimately have this triangle of wellness. And so today, seeing as our topic is on relationships, that is obviously a key part to this triangle. So we are going to cover three main relationships in today's conversation. The first is actually going to be friendships because I feel like relationships are oftentimes talked about like love and boyfriend or girlfriend, but a huge one that often doesn't get talked about, I feel like, is friendships. So we're going to talk about friendships first, then we're going to talk about a significant other, your partner, spouse, etc., and then the most important type of relationship you could have, which is with yourself. Yeah. End off with that. Yeah, I'm excited. And... Going back to the triangle of wellness too, the aliveness, the connection, the meaning is all connected back to our relationship. Your relationships can make you feel alive or support that aliveness or the opposite, right? We all know when we've been in a relationship that's there's no spark in there. Also that connection, so having those relationships in our lives is really important for feeling that connection. And meaningful pursuits could even go back to is what you desire in your life or a pursuit of yours serving others or yeah. having that connection like for a parent yes. or or taking care of your parents or whatever it may be <laughs> that will be a whole other episode yeah that we're, we're not gonna go about. into family yet <laughs> hi mom <laughs> yeah um okay excellent so to dive into our first relationship that we want to cover and that's friendships we kind of wanted to talk uh, about you know what makes friendships a little bit hard <laughs> well, as an adult I feel like as a kid or growing up it was a little bit easier and I mean that's not the case for everybody I do want to say that friendships can be hard but I think when we start to become more mature and learn what we want in our life we we know what we want but it can also be hard to find 
that circle of friends or the people that we care about also enjoying the same things and stuff, right? And so we wanted to cover what are some things that make it a little bit hard and then some ways that we can actually strengthen our relationships once we find those solid people in our life that we enjoy spending time with. How do we make sure that they know we really care about them and keep them as a a good friend kind of thing? So one thing that I noticed that makes it a little bit hard for us to make friends as adults is we're in less environments with spontaneity or we're in more structured environments. So it's career work. You're not really choosing those people that you're working with. You've kind of, we talked about it, how it's, you find these friends as more assignment versus an alignment. So you're finding them in these spaces that are just because of association versus like being more intentional, right? Right. So like your your work friends or or even like maybe you have a class with these people, but mm-hmm. Which is totally okay. Yeah, but maybe they're just not your type of people. Yeah, yeah. Those end up sometimes being a little bit more surface level. So it's really hard to find those deeper connections with people that you really jive with, right? And you want to spend a lot more time with. Also found another one was a lot of adults are closed off. You know, people might have been hurt, whether it's been previous relationships, something that happened in their childhood they don't want to get vulnerable. They don't know what they want. They've got their their trust issues, whatever it is. So it's harder to really learn who that person is. And sometimes I don't know for for some people, and luckily I haven't really had this too much in my life where you get close to somebody and then before you know it, that's not who you thought you were your friends with kind of thing, right? But yeah, I just find like some people put up a, a wall So it's really hard to figure out who they are. And then that way you can't grow that deeper connection with them. Yeah. And I think, I think another aspect of that too is sometimes it's that openness to even form a new friendship. Yeah. You know, like when we were, when we were in school, obviously we were very open to meeting people and becoming friends. And then for some reason, it's like we turn adults and it's like, nope, the people that I met before I was 18 are my friends and like. I'm not making any more new friends unless if they're at work. Cue Drake's song, no new friends. <laughs> but you know, there's there's not that liveliness. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it is partly going back to what you talked about is those novel situations that you put yourself in. We're just, we let life get in the way. We have our routines, our work, um, et cetera, family, picking kids up from school, et cetera. And, and we just don't put ourselves in places where we may be necessarily meeting new people. Yeah. And this could go back to like, who has the energy to put into a new relationship sometimes? And uh, we'll go into this into your marriage and finding that type of relationship too. But like, I think when some people and what's a core at what we want this show to be too, is like, you want to strive to be healthy and have an abundant life, right? And so when you can put in habits that are going to help you feel that way it's going to be a lot more easier for you to actually have that energy to put into relationships whether they're new or old absolutely yeah and uh, new relationships require a lot of energy Mm -hmm. they require attention and you know it it takes a lot more than obviously those friends that you're you're just on a pattern you guys know each other you know what you like you know what makes you jive and Mm -hmm. And so you do require that next level of energy. But unfortunately, the reality is, is 
most people are extremely lonely. Yeah. And the majority of people can only say that they have maybe one to two friends that they can lean on. And so if anything, it is essential that we do try and put ourselves out there. We're trying to be open to creating new friendships. And isn't that wild that you say that, um, like this, we have this lonely epidemic kind of thing, yet we're so connected. We have like at our fingertips, we're always connected, yet most people actually feel lonely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite ironic. It, it is. And that's where I think where we want to pull in, okay, when you find these connections, you've got these people in your life, uh, these friends that you, you know, you truly love, you care about, how can you strengthen those? And we wanted to share a couple things that we know in our lives have helped us with some of our relationships and making these a lot more fulfilling, I guess, right? And, and keep them. And we, we let these people know that they are special in our lives. And by no means are we perfect and we're learning this as well too, but uh, maybe these will come in handy for you if you've got some friendships that you really truly love and care about and you want to make sure that they continue going that way. Yeah, absolutely. And so ultimately, um, I think one of the, the major issues, one of the two major issues that we talked about, you mentioned is is the your environment, right? You're not finding the right people. I think the next issue that we just mentioned is your intention behind finding good friendships. Mm -hmm. And maybe the friendships that you have right now aren't serving you. And so you need to figure out what does a good friend look like to me and where can I find those people? Then the next step to that is once you find those people, you need to keep them. Yeah. And that's where I've actually really struggled in the past is for some reason I thought that the friends that I made in university and in graduate school, they would just always be there. And I could go on with my life, and for some reason they would always be there. And, and to an extent they are, but it, it took me a few years to realize, like, why am I so sad that, that I no longer talk to this person? Like, they used to be such an integral part of my life. And it's like, well, what, what did I do to uphold that relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't text them weekly or monthly or check in or ask them how they're doing or or try and schedule trips or anything like that to maintain that friendship. And so ultimately, it was a big reality check for me. And unfortunately, a few friendships that definitely degraded to have me realize, okay, this is an, an active process. And once I have some really, really great friendships, I need to do everything I can to make sure I don't lose them. Just like my relationship with Braun, my partner, mm -hmm. um, just like my relationship with you, my mom, etc. Like, these all require work. They're not just a one-time thing, especially yeah. in the beginning. So let's go into some tips for maintaining strong friendships. These things have worked for, for me, and I'm excited to hear some more from you. Uh, one of the things is you need to reach out. So you need to check in with your friends, because otherwise, if you're not reaching out, then you guys are just going to grow in distance. Yeah. And so setting a goal of what seems realistic for you to check in with your friends. What I did is I wrote down which friends are really intentional um, and key people in my life. And I was like, okay, at a certain cadence, I'm going to reach out to these people. And it can either be daily, it could be weekly, it could be monthly, whatever feels manageable and reasonable to you. Mm -hmm. But make sure to put it in your calendar. Give yourself a reminder in your phone. Do something to make sure that you're actively working on continuing that 
connection and communication because if you don't, well, you guys are just going to drift apart. It's inevitable. Yeah, and honestly, that big piece of like putting it in your calendar, don't expect yourself to remember all the time. Yes, it's important to you, but you've got a lot of things on your plate, so don't expect your brain to just like, oh, yeah, it's Tuesday (laughs) or it's three weeks from now. We have to text whoever, right? Exactly. Yeah. One thing, too, I will say on that is don't take the mind frame, and I know this can be tricky for some people, is like, well, they didn't reach out to me. Right. (laughs) That's a big one. Yeah. Why am I doing all the work? Right. And it's like, it's not a a 50-50 all the time. And if you truly care about that person or they are serving you in some, some way, sometimes you just have to be the one to do that. And yeah, don't resent them for that. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has their own things going on. And ultimately, we talked about this the other night, actually, if if you find value in that friendship, then it's worth the two second yeah. phone call or, or text message. Yeah. Like don't, don't be pity petty about about that yeah yeah the next is send someone a little something that tells them that you're thinking of them and I love this one my my girlfriend she sent me a postcard the a few weeks ago for Christmas and I was like oh my god yeah. who sends postcards anymore yeah. like this is getting so awesome but like getting something like that especially when you don't expect it yeah it just like automatically strengthens your friendship and so what can you do for, for the people in your life, whether, and, and it could be as small as sending a text message, hey, yeah. miss you, thinking of you, hope you're doing well, mm-hmm. no need to respond back, but just know that I'm here for you and, and I yeah. love you. Yeah, right? that's so special too. Or like knowing what, if, if they've got a lot going on or whatever, they're going through some stuff, just knowing that like they have your support and just sending them a message or yeah, something spon- spontaneous like that too is so sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of takes me to my next point is is offering a helping hand. So I think part of building a strong relationship is knowing what's going on in other people's worlds mm-hmm. and and always thinking of how can I be of service to this person? Like, do they have a lot going on? Maybe they need me to pick up their kids from school or yeah. maybe, maybe I can cook them dinner one night because I know that it's been really stressful or hard in their life. So yeah. doing, putting in that extra, extra mile really goes a long way and it will for sure, no doubt, be returned back. Yeah, yeah I, I would have to agree with that for sure. Uh, the next is to create an annual meetup or novelty. So as much as texting, FaceTime, writing letters, all of that is important. I think there's nothing really quite like a human connection, Mm -hmm. like an actual in-person gathering. And so if you can, schedule that time to go on a girl's weekend away or schedule the trip with with whoever it may be. Even if it's only for an hour, like you meet up for lunch, that I think that face-to-face visit is really what keeps the relationships lasting long-term. And then finally, the last piece is that novelty aspect. And it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. If you think about your key relationships in life, a lot of them focused around something new, exciting, adventurous, whatever it may be. Those are like the core memories that I think of when when I think of some of my strongest relationships. Um, And so what's something novel that you can add into your relationships? And it can even be like, 
a new topic. Like, it's like, hey, what are your thoughts on... Not politics. I was going to say <laughs> religion. <laughs> yeah, or religion. <laughs> but, but new topics. Maybe you guys haven't explored certain areas of your city. Maybe you haven't tried bungee jumping. Who knows? Like, yeah. whatever it may be. Crafting. Try something new because it's in that novelty that, one, there's a neurological thing that happens where we're put in a new situation so it gets ingrained into our brain. We're more present. But then the other aspect of it is that you can bond over being mm-hmm. new and amateur at something that you both don't know how to yeah. handle. Yeah, and you get to learn about that person even more. So exactly, yeah, I think that's super special too. Absolutely. Uh, friendships. Yeah, I. those are such key things to be able to do. And just not taking our friendships for granted. I think that's like a big thing. Like, yeah, we can have these, these friendships in our lives that... We, we've known for years. You pick up where you dropped off kind of thing, whether it's months, days, years even sometimes. Yeah. Those are incredible relationships and you can be yourself. But just know, just make sure to continue to put the effort into those. And by doing those small things that Nikki had just laid out, it can make a huge difference. And just making sure that person knows that you care about them and they're important to you. Yeah. And I think ultimately if if you want one takeaway, it's make that other person feel loved. Yeah. And they'll stick around. Yeah, you will be surprised. They will probably do it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Why don't we talk about our favorites? Our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> the Ron most challenging Cody. but rewarding, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, significant others. So I'll start with this one and then, Nikki, you can maybe move into the next stat. But this was wild that less than 20% of relationships do any sort of preventative work or even one thing in their relationship or their marriage that is proactive. And it's crazy to me because I like think about how many things you can do in order to be proactive or prevent divorces or conflict from happening, right? But I never really thought about that Yeah. <laughs> until right? like I just, we kind of go through everything as it happens in my relationship or we did. And it was pretty cool. Cody and I, for those of you that don't know, we got married. Um, we've been together for, oh man, it'll be nine years this year, but married last February. So basically in two days, I think after this podcast is dropped we'll have our first wedding anniversary which is pretty cool but um Nikki and Braun gifted us a marriage conference last August and or no November sorry and it was incredible it was a conference that you know there was a mix of different relationships there was people that were certainly on the rocks or trying to uh, fix things but then there was also people that luckily were in kind of the same boat as us that we were just there to learn and be proactive and I wouldn't have thought about doing something like that probably until something like catastrophic (laughs) oh my god catastrophic (laughs) catastrophic there we go happened in our relationship that I just assume that you don't go to conferences you don't go to counseling or things until something bad happens which is like so different than how I approach other areas of my life so right eye-opening for me and I appreciate that and I know both Cody and I got a lot of value from this marriage conference and we'll be continuing to to do that and approach our relationship with more prevention and communication too right and and 
just to clarify too, that's not like marriage counseling once you have a problem. Proactive is what are you doing to strengthen your relationship now so that the problems don't arise? So whether it's, you know, marriage conferences, reading books together, um, figuring out communication styles, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. what it's really sad, honestly, and but also not very surprising either that that only one in five couples, married couples, do something like that. Well, and I think, I mean, divorce rates are insanely high, and I know that, uh, yeah, committing to something for a long time is hard, right? It is. But I think with any journey back to our health journey as well like anticipate that there's going to be these struggles we're going to have these hard times that doesn't mean you kind of throw in the towel either exactly yeah so that stat was wild the other stat that was mind-blowing to me was that the average marriage only spends 20 minutes a week talking to each other how brutal yeah is that so what that means is the majority of time, you're just passing each other by, you know, hey, honey, have a great great day, made you breakfast, yeah. this is what's for dinner, did you pick up the kids, did you pick up the mail, etc. Yeah. All of that adds up to about 20 minutes, and there's not a lot of time set aside where you sit down and actually discuss, you know, interests, challenges, mm-hmm. things that you used to talk about when you first started dating. And ultimately, like, we kind of joked around. It's like, well, no wonder divorce rates are so high. Like, can you imagine only showing up to your job for 30 minutes a week? Like, you'd probably get fired, too. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder your your significant other, your your partner, your your spouse, like, they don't even know who you are at this point Mm -hmm. if you're only speaking to each other for 20 minutes a week. Yeah. And so so one of the big things that, that we learned about at the marriage conference was putting in routines and habits to ensure that 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 ultimately doesn't happen. Um, And I know one of the key things that Bron and I took away, and I think you and Cody have have benefited from this as well, is actually doing a weekly marriage check-in. And so we'll go into that a little bit in a sec. But what a weekly marriage check-in is, is just setting aside 30 minutes every week which is totally doable. Like if you look at your phone right now, I'm sure you've been on Instagram for longer than 30 minutes this week. <laughs> and you can set aside this time. Find a way to do it. Set aside a day, a time, however you can do it to fit in 30 minutes and ultimately check in with your with your husband or your partner. Um, and there is a framework. What what we go through is ultimately there's there's four things. The first is an appreciation. So spend the first five minutes of of your check-in saying what you appreciate that week you know hey thanks for taking out the garbage thanks for making dinner that one night I really appreciated it etc say the things that you appreciate because how often do we forget to really compliment our partners on that even for those little things yeah that that do really matter the things that you you just kind of got used to Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day when someone points them out to you they still make you feel really valued and seen and and they're important to continue and use that practice of pointing them out Mm -hmm. Uh, the next part is challenges so say something nice first (laughs) and then after that follow with an an improvement right Um, but honestly it's it's a valuable thing to set aside 
some time every week to bring up your challenges. And the way that we focus on it is we're only going to bring up challenges from this last week. Yeah. And ultimately, that doesn't allow us to have these build up resentments and emotions and you know, like, you haven't been doing the laundry the last three months. And, like, if you do it every week and you can say in a nice way, hey, this week I really needed support in laundry. Do you mind helping me out next week? Well, most likely it's going to get addressed. It's probably going to be received a lot better by by your husband or your partner. Um, and, and ultimately, hopefully you don't have to address that anymore yeah. moving forward. <laughs> but the key is really not to spend too much time and dwelling on, how you feel, bring up the challenge, talk about how it can be improved, and, and then move on. Mm-hmm. The next is going over schedules. So you've gone through appreciation, you've gone through challenges, now what does your schedule look up like for the week? Just briefly mention, hey, like this week, X, Y, and Z are going on in my life, what does your life look like? And that way you guys can kind of expect what days may be busy, where you need support, um, how you can support each other. And then the last thing, and this is super important, is to schedule something fun. The best part. The best part. (laughs) Schedule something fun. One thing. It can be going for a date. It can be, hey, let's go for a walk this morning. Like, whatever it may be. But do one thing this week that's fun together. And if you can continue that as a habit, then you're going to break that stat of spending more than 20 minutes a week talking to each other. Yeah, it's like such a game changer when you can bring in that communication exactly with each other and there's no resentment there. You can understand what's going on for your partner that week or where they're going to need you and you can also kind of resolve any of those issues that might have come up from the past week too so they don't fester in and drag into the, the rest of the week, right? Yeah, and that's where I found the most value is we, we barely now bring up any challenges at this point because at, at this point we've addressed so many of them because we pretty much addressed them that week. Yeah. And the nice thing also about addressing them is, that week is when they come up earlier in the week, we don't address them right in the moment unless obviously they need to be addressed, but it takes away the motion out of it. <laughs> and so it's really easy to get upset in the moment and be like, hey, I need help with the laundry, like, (laughs) and then blow out, right? Right. And you usually have more coming onto your plate than just the laundry. Mm -hmm. But if you give yourself a few days, the emotions are going to subside, and then you're actually going to bring up what your true challenge is, whether it's laundry or or something deeper. deeper. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I love the, the marriage meetings totally, and that's something that, Cody and I have implemented in our into our routine as well and it's just been yeah we found a lot of value from it just having that regular communication I will say going back to like planning the something fun is just to always date your your spouse and continue to like have that fun adventurous side because that's what like anything we want that novelty we want things that are gonna make us feel alive and exactly we, we want to bring that into our relationship, and that's going to take effort. Our relationships are not effortless. Like, sure, you might have moments where they feel that way, and they're, you're on a high. They're amazing. But then there's going to have those moments where it's a drag. <laughs> it's a yeah. drag. It's a challenge. You don't feel like it. You have to put the effort in. And yeah. if it's truly something that's important to you, which I know it is, 
put the work in and make sure you you plan you show up for these marriage meetings potentially at the beginning it's going to be a harder habit for you to do right maybe it's painful when's actually the last time that you guys sat and talked about some hard shit right exactly and i will say too we are talking about the average couple and marriage so obviously if there are deeper traumas if right. there is a deeper level of neglect and abuse then please do seek the help that you need yeah. we are talking about feeling those effects of marriage that come from a lack of attention yeah and awareness not, not harm. from harm yeah yeah thanks for that's so important and thank you for touching on that Nikki for sure yeah absolutely the one big thing that um was a eye-opener to in our marriage conference but also like how we can learn how to be more proactive is learning what your partner's needs are so like okay big tip yes the the marriage meetings are great but also realizing that this person that you have tied yourself up with though you might have a lot of similarities you are probably very different <laughs> and your needs are going to be different than that person your exposure to things are different so understand you guys are going to have differences and then learn what those needs are and then learn how to cater to those so like what Cody needs in his life or his emotional needs or anything like that is a little different than me some of them like I said are similar but it's important for each of us to learn what those are and then cater to those on a regular basis and be okay that they're different not assuming that okay he's going to just know that I'm upset because this happened or yeah. whatever, right? Or that I need affirmations or I need to be recognized or told, um, you know, exactly. certain things on a regular basis when he his that's just not what he needs. So he's not even thinking about that, right? Right. And I think it's so important taking the time to figure out what those needs are. And I'm sure we'll dive into this maybe in a different session. But, but yeah, figuring out that there are like 10 or 11 different types of emotional needs yeah. in a relationship and you know your emotional need may be some solitude you like your alone time mm -hmm. whereas someone else's emotional needs may be physical touch right uh, or words of affirmation or gifts or you know all of the different love languages but also so much more than the love languages and so taking the time to figure that out so that ultimately you can express love to each other the way that you want to yeah. receive it and understand it. Yeah, without that resentment or that annoyance and stuff. Too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's going to take us into our last very important relationship that we want to touch on, and that's with yourself. I know Nikki and I both agree that having your relationship with yourself and, and learning how to love yourself, accepting how you are, but like wanting to grow and all of that is just really really key if you want to be able to have flourishing relationships with others in your life too absolutely yeah and I know it's cliche the whole gotta love yourself first before <laughs> you can love someone else but gosh I think it's true mm -hmm. like I think you truly cannot enter into a a stable and flourishing and vibrant relationship with someone else if you yourself don't feel like you're worthy of it in the yeah. first place yeah, or like finding it hard to to become aware of yourself or look at yourself in the mirror and look at these things 
that parts of you that you just have deemed maybe unlovable yeah. or why something. would someone love me for this yeah. when i look like this or totally act like this or think like this yeah. yeah so it's like i think a key thing to that and what is help because becoming aware of yourself and like this goes back to what are your desires what are your whys like what do you want out of life why are you are the way that you are it takes all those like those reflection times which is not always easy but I think it's important to learn how you are and be okay with making change if need to be too and then learning how to approach this change and the things that come up in your life with love like you're approaching it with all with love not self-hate or things that can be damaging to you and putting yourself down which would then unfortunately make bad things happen in your relationship or spill into your relationships with others that aren't really healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it gets to a point where it's like, at what point is it enough for you to love yourself? Like, what do you have to prove to yourself to make you accept your own self? And I think that's for someone who truly doesn't accept themselves and feels unworthy and unlovable nothing will ever actually fulfill that unless if they actually tune in and start to work on that and I honestly I do believe that that's a journey that we all take yeah you know like unfortunately especially as women we have a lot of negative images and messages thrown at us and so it's really easy to to start to self-loathe but it is, I think, one of the biggest journeys you'll ever take is the journey of self-love. And thankfully, there are a lot of tools out there, you know, meditation, yoga, books, podcasts. Find whatever resonates with you and find the people that are are speaking about self-compassion. And the more that you expose yourself to those, those messages, I do believe the more that that will develop. Yeah, and I think this topic in itself needs a an episode. Absolutely. <laughs> because I know just from us like chat looking at each other here as we're talking I'm like, "Oh my god, like this is a he- this is a heavy one." It's, it is. And it we both know it's so important for us to be able to show up for these relationships in our lives, but like how the fuck do you love yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, right? Actually, Excuse my language, though, but like yeah. there are some moments where, yeah, you think you have it all together and then all of a sudden you don't. And and it's, if you were, like one of our listeners was here to ask us like, okay, how do you reach this point? Like how, what are these tools? Like that is, like I said, a whole nother episode that we need to cover. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and we will. I'm excited for that episode because it is such yeah. an important one. But ultimately, going back to relationships, if there's something that's going to be bothering you and you feel unworthy, unloved, whatever it may be, the smallest act that you start to see in someone else pulling away, Mm -hmm. you might interpret that as, okay, well, there it is. They don't love me anymore. And so that's the reason why you need to heal that relationship with yourself. Yeah. And yeah, if I'm being full on transparent here, and I, I think I said this in our other episode, I want this podcast to be that because I 100% have caught myself a lot in my relationship with myself, but then it unfortunately unfolds into my marriage and literally those times when I'm feeling unworthy and 
let's say, like unhappy with my image or myself, and I'm feeling really down about that, I do like my tendency is to pull away or I just want to go lay in bed and, and, and be by myself and stay in my lane and like <laughs> push away from my husband. And then he will think that, okay, like, yeah, she doesn't love me right now or like she's not into me or whatever this yeah, is, right? And, but when in me? reality, I'm like craving this like love, but here I am, my actions are saying that complete opposite thing. Yeah. And yeah, that, that can be something that's like where going back to our relationship with our spouse, it's so important to have somebody and have this open communication where they're able to learn kind of what your tendencies are because we're not perfect humans, but learn how you are, be open about how you're feeling, dig into that together, and then, okay, well, what can we do moving forward? And then this helps you bring awareness to what you're doing. Like before, I would have just assumed that's the way that I was supposed to do it and the way that I am. Like I can't change. Right. But I know, okay, this is something that I naturally tend to do. How can I change this moving forward so it doesn't happen all the time? It doesn't hurt myself nor the person that I care the most about too. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, I guess, like we talked about before, awareness is the first step, right? Yeah. Awareness, whether it's with your relationships with your friends, whether it's your relationship with your partner or yourself. Like mm-hmm. awareness is the first step and then figuring out what those higher desires are for those deeper connections. Yeah, and then what you can do and the tools that you can put in place to help you really foster those relationships, whether it's with yourself, with your friends, or with your your loved one. Exactly. Oh, okay. Ooh, that was a doozy. That was, yeah, I'm excited. I'm feeling, like, warm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, uh, again, really, really appreciate that you tuned in today. If you enjoyed the topic or you found some value in it, we would love to hear what you thought of it. So leave us a review, and don't forget to hit to that subscribe or follow button.